0: Welcome to RIP to my 20s, the ultimate guide to surviving and thriving through the rollercoaster ride that is our 20s.
1: I'm Dominica and this is my partner in crime, Noelle.
0: That's right Dom, if you've ever laughed, cried, adulted like a pro, or wondered where on earth your 401k is supposed to come from, you're in the right place.
1: Think of us as your virtual BFFs who are here to share embarrassing stories, epic triumphs, and all the questionable decisions that made our 20s, well, unforgettable. From navigating our
0: first real jobs to surviving the treacherous realm of dating apps, we're diving deep into the highs, the lows, and the everything in between.
1: So whether you're sipping on that questionable instant coffee or embracing the magical world of avocado toast, we promise you'll feel right at home with us.
0: Get ready for a whirlwind of conversations about career conundrums, friendship fiascos, and the eternal quest for the perfect work-life balance.
1: And hey, let's not forget the art of budgeting or, you know, the pretending to budget while we secretly order takeout for the third time this week.
0: So buckle up because we're about to laugh, relate, and reminisce about the times when we thought we had it all figured out. And then reality hit us like a ton of loan debt.
1: It's going to be a ride filled with wisdom, wit, and a healthy dose of, oh my god, did we really do that moment?
0: Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday as we navigate the maze of adulting together one hilarious anecdote at a time. Welcome to RIP to my 20s, where we raise our glasses to the memories, the milestones, and the sheer madness of this transformative decade.
1: Cheers to surviving our 20s and living to tell the tale. Cheers!
0: (laughs) All right
1: totally going off topic today because we're waiting for submissions. This is true.
0: We are waiting for some submissions.
1: episodes but let's start with a little icebreaker update. How oh, are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good too. I'm excited that we're finally doing these episodes. Me too. We've been planning for so long. I
0: know even though we made out this whole schedule and now it's not even a thing but we tried. We're into it. We're doing it no matter how it has to work. Yeah. But now with your school schedule my work schedule it's just crazy but yeah. we're gonna make it work
1: either way it's gonna be fun and I feel today's episode is still gonna be fun especially because it wasn't one we originally... it wasn't we
0: literally it was something we just came up with while we were doing everything setting yeah. up recording and yeah. stuff and I'm so excited for it because I, I also know nothing about that about you so I'm excited it's my first time to know about it too oh okay yeah. I know I a know. little bit actually now that I think about it yeah
1: because exactly. you've told me bit. yeah I know a little bit about you working in the service industry mm-hmm. and then also being a paralegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's been. A, and then doing makeup. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot. It's been crazy and wild and different.
1: Okay, so what was your first job?
0: My first job, I was 14, I believe. Okay. And it was at an ice cream shop. And my um, dad got me the job because he rented out a space in the same building. And he knew, obviously, the owner. And he was, how young do you have to be to start working? Because my teenage daughter is a psycho and I need to give her some sort of stability, some sort of (laughs) responsibility. And I think when she starts making her own money, she'll enjoy it. And it was just a seasonal job. So it was only for the spring to, usually they would close kind of when school started because almost everyone there worked at the same high school that I went to. So, or a couple years older than that. So, but it was, it was a fun job. It was my little, my little toe dipping into the service industry.
1: How much did you make an hour?
0: So in Massachusetts, back then, I think the minimum wage was around $8 an hour. Maybe, maybe 8 to 10, maybe, because, you know, this was, I was 14 years old, so this was well over a decade ago, (laughs) unfortunately. And so, but it was, we got tips, too, obviously, which was nice. So we would just split them at the end of the night with everybody, because we all just, it was, you were there for the shift, and there for the shift, and you would just split the tips. So, I mean... It was a good, a good first job, and no minimum wage. Plus, sometimes I could make up to hundred bucks in a night if it was a crazy summer night where everyone needed their ice cream fix. So,
1: that's really good. Yeah, it
0: actually was a great first job. Taught me a lot. Taught me how to multitask and taught me how crappy people can be.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness!
0: Old teachers I had would come in because it's a small town. Oh. And I'm, you literally were my third grade teacher, and she was a psycho about. I the see. crunch in her ice cream, her butter crunch ice cream wasn't crunchy enough. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll it. never forget. My third grade teacher, I want to say her name, but I won't. <laughs> no. Oh, okay.
1: So we're not spilling, mm. we're not spilling third grade teacher.
0: No, no, because it's, I'm not that bothered by it anymore. If I was, fine. But it was one time and it just, I think it was one of my first grievances as you know in that field of someone just being ridiculous for no reason and when you're that age you don't know how to professionally react to that you know what I mean
1: oh my god no I actually have a crazy story go for it let's
0: bounce off that yeah Yeah, do it no
1: I'll say what my first job was yeah I want a crazy story when I was 17 yeah it had to be when I was 17 okay my jobs that followed after that but my first job was as an umpire because I remember I was 14 and i was playing jv softball at the time so i was okay. umpiring for softball and mm-hmm. i actually made really good money i remember i used to put it in a jar in my room i made 30 dollars a game wow and i remember saving up for my first car i will put a picture of my first car
0: <laughs> please do i would love to see this
1: it was a 1990 nissan Pathfinder which is so funny full oh circle moment of what I have now right. compared to that But it was this like 1990 dark green lump of shit <laughs> The worst <laughs>
0: color oh.
1: But I loved it so much And I just remember Because softball was literally all year round mm-hmm. Except for the winter So I would walk all the way to the fields Which had to be 2-3 miles away Or a bike And then i come all the way back And if you remember umpires were, yeah. were the shirts and the things underneath it And so funny that you say that. This is not my crazy story, but it just teaches you how crazy people are. Where mm-hmm. I was an umpire of the level above T ball, yeah, and people would be like, What do you mean I you're like, Lady, this person's five years old. Oh my god, life.
0: the soccer moms, the softball moms, yeah, oh my just- god crazy unhinged and they want to
1: speak to you after the game right I'm a 14 year old child I'm seven years I am old minor old. you
0: should not be speaking <laughs> yeah. to me at all <laughs> in any capacity
1: it used to literally throw me off how oh my god that's scary. people would legit come after the game and want to speak to me about a certain call that I made. And I'm barely in ninth grade. I'm only maybe seven, eight years older. Maybe not even. Some games will be 12, 13-year-olds. Stuff like that. I'm only a few years older than yeah, like your child. Yeah, it's not that
0: serious. Child. Right, like, right
1: just chill it's a local accept it a local town game yeah
0: move on accept it teach your children to accept the calls yeah don't come up to me and think you can change the status or the outcome
1: trying to intimidate me scouts were coming these were legit i probably umpired from age five to age 13 because then it was really close to my age right of people that i would umpire games Mm -hmm. for
0: that's so interesting yeah i'd love to see that What was your crazy
1: story? I'm not going to say the name of this place that I worked because it's owned by somebody very, very wealthy and very famous. I'm not going to say the town or anything because it'll be way too obvious. But when I worked there, I worked in a wealthy, affluent neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I wasn't from a wealthy or affluent area. So I was around a lot of high school people who weren't similar to me. So, for example, I grew up in a... Lower class area, the school rating was
0: a two, yeah, so a n- like not a drug, wealthy area. Yeah.
1: Drugs and the things that I was used to kids doing in school was weed, yeah, and smoking cigarettes, yeah. So I start becoming friends with the people that I'm working with, and then I get invited to this thing. So I'm working in the service industry, mm-hmm. and I get invited to this thing where everybody's invited, and everybody is at the beach, okay. Um, everybody's out of a different age, and I was such. a... am still straight edge. I would, I would yeah, say. For I would sure. say yes. yeah. So I, but I was super straight edge. Girl didn't lose my virginity until I was almost twenty. Yeah.
0: Hey, no shame in the game. But, I was yeah.
1: Mainly just because I always knew, especially everything that I went through growing up, I wanted to get out of there. Right. And I was already on this path. I had already joined the debt pool for the military. Mm-hmm. Anyway. To get to the point of this story, so I get invited to this beach thing and and I'm just trying to give you guys a background. Yeah. A party? It's, yeah. It's or like an a, outing? It's an outing. Okay. Except the cooks and the line cooks were there and they've had to be in their late 20s, early 30s, maybe mid 30s. I don't know. I don't okay. really remember. They were just definitely not 2021, 20, 22 college kids and I had quit soon after that just because yeah i had uh, to be 17 because there was another girl who just recently started working there and I definitely wasn't the skinny cute no I was I just thick. rolled my eyes in case you couldn't tell the <laughs> <laughs> big eye I roll was, I was a thick Latina girl so I feel especially because I grew up in a predominantly white area mm. we were not into me and we can definitely talk go into that too yeah talking about that but anyway guys were not into me mm-hmm. anyway so they legit started doing meth and, the, and actually, I think this is the second time I had come up to this because I got invited to a house party. They legit were doing that. What? And then they were fucking on the beach in the bushes. Like, I'm picturing just some good old cocaine and ecstasy. No,
0: year olds 14-year-olds. Out of a pipe and everything. Yes. Knew how to do it. Yeah, I didn't even know what that was at that age.
1: I didn't either until I got older and looking like, back and realized now, what, what it, was. it was. I just knew it was not something that I wanted to do oh my god and then it created this whole because the first time I got invited was just the girls who were my age okay oh my god pull up to their house it's this huge house and then the people who I was living with at the time I was bouncing house to house they were no weed we will know we will fucking kick you out yeah I have nowhere to go so I'm gonna do what these fucking people tell me Mm mm-hmm And so when I get to this party, because they want me to... They lived in an affluent area. They wanted me to mingle with the people my age and not people from where I was from. Except the people who I was friends with, they were maybe smoking weed. And that's about it. They don't have
0: access to that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. But to them, they were ghetto. I was definitely put in a lot of situations where i what the fuck do rich people do no really
0: it's it's called fuck you money
1: yeah and when
0: your kids that age i i have similar stories too where you're just you're not expecting that and they think the worst thing is that you're gonna be around people smoking weed it's believe me i've seen way worse and it came from the people who live in the white picket fence houses yes
1: Yes. yeah and so the first instance was just with girls my age who are also best girls, servers Mm -hmm. whatever and then it wasn't super awkward just because I was, I'm going to go home. No, thank you. Yeah. Less I'm not pressure. Trying. Just the I'm, girls. Yeah. yeah okay. all
0: the other group of people.
1: Yeah. But okay. I never said anything after that. And I was just like, okay, now I'm going to avoid these girls. I right. can't be friends with them. And then it was the fact that legit 30, 40 year olds and the girls that I work with that I sort of look up to who are 19, 20 were also doing math, And then it really fucked with my head. Because then there was a legit, I feel this story, let's just say there was somebody who was a much older than 18 fucking a 15 year old that day. That was what my mind is going to, you
0: started saying the age range and that's just not okay.
1: While they were
0: also all on drugs,
1: all on drugs. Gosh. And I'm the only one at the beach not on drugs. And that's also
0: <laughs> so not fun in of itself because you're just watching all this. It's when you're at a party and your friends are just drinking or whatever. Yeah. you have to, you can't drink. It's just yeah. not fun. And then you're just hyper aware of everything else yeah. going on. And,
1: and it's then, crazy to and see. And then it makes work so much more awkward mm-hmm. I'm this young teenage girl who one just signed up for the military. So I regularly was getting drug tested. Right. So of course I'm not. You're gonna not going to be it. able to do anything like that. Yeah.
0: And even like, if you wanted to, you're not going, going to. Even if I
1: wanted to, but I wasn't going to anyways. Right. Because even for me, I feel like I got peer pressured into weed and I feel like I wasn't a curious enough teenager. Mm-hmm. I think if I had a different situation and different parents, I would have been the kid that stayed home. Yeah. 24-7 reading books. Right. I know I would have been that yeah, kid. Yeah, I get that and i would have been the kid where they're are you gonna fucking leave right
0: get the fuck out go do something something with your life please actually i would rather you do some drugs get out you know like do something have fun anything
1: yeah yeah up my mom's ass right i and i hope that my child is that because i don't care (laughs) please be up my ass
0: (laughs) i could picture you scaring the shit out of your children i feel but in the best way threatening them in the right way
1: as a parent you don't do this shit
0: I'm sure your kids are going to turn out great. Oh, my
1: gosh. I hope they're nerdy as I am. I hope they turn out nerdy. I'm sure they will. <laughs> that is
0: crazy, too, though, because it's you said you looked up to these people at least a little bit. Yeah. And then it's just earth shattering in that moment because it's so confusing to see them one way and have yeah. form this opinion and then have it just go to shit immediately after. That's so wild.
1: Well, and that's the thing is because it introduced me to a world. I was around a lot of celebrities, a lot of famous people. Mm hmm all of these people were starting to become in with these crowds and oh my god well I haven't technically left for the military yet what if I get in with one of these crowds right it's enticing yeah it's a whole
0: new world that it's exclusive
1: yeah a very exclusive world and then it made it really awkward because I knew something that was very wrong one that they were doing that but I didn't know exactly what it was right I knew it wasn't fucking weed yeah Anything out of a pipe not good. Yeah. Much more serious. Yeah. And two, that they were doing it at work. Because then I start noticing that they're doing it at work. And then there's underage people having sex. And that was the biggest one where it started to create this line between me and them. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one who wasn't. Right. And then I started being treated differently in circles. Because you're the outsider. You're the weird one. Because the family that I was living with at the time was a part of those inner circles. Which then led them to them kicking me out. Yeah. And I think I was still teeter-tottering with going to the military. But then that point of them kicking me out was really, there's no going back now. Right. And it was the perfect out for you. Yeah. And that was an out for a lot of people. And that was me being. Like, I have to because then the next, that was October. By the time they kicked me out, so up until I left for the military in July, mm-hmm. I legit lived in a place where there was no hot water, no food, no nothing. I had to essentially steal from my job. Right. I had to put fake orders in to feed myself and the people who are letting me stay in there that's home. crazy and never mind you i grew up in boston where legit they had no hot water i had to boil hot water to wash my ass that is just so insane and then it's just so in even just being in this room just full circle that was 10 years ago literally 10 yeah. years ago was my anniversary of joining military i'm like wow Talking about jobs today, how full circle my life has mm-hmm. become because I used to have to put water in VO5. Do you know the like, yeah. VO5 yeah. shampoo and conditioner? And shake it just to so even wash my yep. hair.
0: That's wild.
1: And then my first car got lit on... Your Nissan? Yeah, my Nissan got lit on fire.
0: <laughs> Why? What do you mean lit? <laughs> because, Arson lit?
1: Because, okay, so the people that I lived with, lived in the hood girl they lived in the hood I remember a time when I was coming home from the gym because I at that point had officially decided I had already did the right hand thing so, so I, I had I'm to in. get in shape and everything like that yeah. And so I was starting to go to the gym after school, and I remember one of the times I was coming back. It was dark out, and all you see is one of those lights on the road when you're turning oh, from the like the spotlight, from the yeah. The helicopter.
0: And I'm like, are they after me?
1: What is going on? And it was so funny because the people that I were living with at the time, I I'm gonna try and not reveal their yeah, no, don't yeah. <laughs> reveal their identity. But one of them was a retired police chief who worked at the prisons. Okay. and So their house had cameras around all four corners. Okay. And then they had the police radio. And so I'm pulling up and nonchalantly they're they're looking for the shooting guy. He's in our yard. <laughs> what, oh about, what do you guys God. call me? <laughs> A warning would be nice. But yeah, so that is probably my craziest work story. I mean, you would think that it would came from the military. But I feel anybody listening who's been in the military, all this shit that you do is so fucking normal I mean yeah. by the time I was 19 I was probably textbook alcohol
0: yeah oh that's <laughs> a whole I haven't been in the military but I know a lot of military people and yeah yes yeah lots of alcoholics
1: by the time and it's in, sad it yeah. is it is and that's why I feel now here I am at 28 I don't to drink and yeah. I feel because the first two years that I was in the military alcohol was such a a coping mechanism yeah it is for so many people avoiding this really weird fucking thing that you're in and yeah. it was such a great thing for me in a sense where sometimes I tell myself I regret it especially because being older and going back to college as somebody who's older and you really miss out on that college experience the first time But yeah, just feel my story is just similar to the thousands of others. Yeah, nothing about it is crazy for me. The working at that place where there are so many wealthy people, well-known names. Yeah, famous names, wealthy, wealthy. wealthy. Did you think you're gonna have that combo? No, I really thought it was going to be different. So yeah. I need to hear your craziest work story because that's mine. I'm sorry, I did no. like 900 prefaces to that because that's I feel like people don't know me. They're like, they're probably like, uh, "What the fuck?"
0: Fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think one of my craziest work stories has to be. I don't know if I should say where it was, but I was still in the service industry. This company, it's I think fairly well known, but it, I don't know. Is it here in Nash? No, it's not in okay. Nash. I don't. I don't think it's ever been in Nash. It is a chain restaurant but i don't even know if they're still in business so that might give a clue but that's an- enough that i'll give and
1: 99 no it <laughs> was not it was not
0: 99 <laughs> yeah. or applebees i did work for 99 for years but it was not ninety nine. and this is not a
1: 99 story i've been craving the 99 southwest egg rolls Ugh. so that i've actually made so them good. myself at home a couple of times but i just want
0: there their food is actually pretty good for a chain restaurant yeah. and decently fresh for a chain restaurant since i've seen it yeah be cooked personally many times, Yeah. but no, this is a different chain. I was still young, this was my second job. So after my little ice cream store fiasco, I moved to something a step up, I would say in the service industry, beginning to be a server, uh, which would start my serving career, bartending, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so this is my second job and we'd gotten a new GM. And the first time <laughs> that I met him, he came in and it was the end of the shift. He was just coming in to say hi. He started the next day, signing some paperwork, whatever. And he comes in, and he's just wicked big energy, a big guy, well over six feet, tall, skinny, but just lots of energy, and you're just, like, whoa, kind of, you know, you have, you can't avoid him when he enters the room. He's just commanding. Yeah. And he's just, hey, team, I'm so excited. You know, all <laughs> the, all the weird, dude, you shouldn't be excited that you're a GM for this company, but whatever, you know. Yeah. And so he's giving out high fives and stuff and whatever, and walking around, and he high fives me, and this white powder comes off his hand. <gasps> And I didn't know what was, I was, you know, I thought it was weird, but I was 16. I'd been working here for, I think at least six months. So I think I was 16, maybe 17 at the oldest. It was my junior year in high school when this happened. So when I met him, high fives me and the white powder goes everywhere. And I'm, I kind of look at it and then look at him and he's just oblivious and just kind of like keeps going, whatever. And I'm just, like, that was so weird. So anyway, I go the next morning. He's the opening manager and I'm the opening server. And for the first hour or two, it's just you two in the building. You two and then that's about it because it's super, super early, 5 a.m. you get there. And so we all wait for everyone to pull into the parking lot. It's only our cars there. So we're waiting for everyone to pull in. And there was a car that was there since the night before, but I didn't know, we didn't know this general manager's car yet, right? You get used to, you know, whose car and, yeah. and who's there. And I remember leaving and seeing this car there the night before. So I was like, oh, someone, sometimes, you know, people get drunk or whatever, leave their cars and a lot, whatever. I yeah. didn't think anything of it. So me and the cook pull in right next to each other. We worked this shift every single week together. So we knew each other's cars and we got out and started talking and where is this new guy? What the heck? And then we're was that his car? Did he leave his car here overnight? We were just confused. So we walk over to the car together and lo and behold, he's in his car with the seat just completely reclined and just what I now know is cocaine all over his face. And he must have gone out, whatever, and just slept in his car that night. It was the weirdest thing. And I had never really, this was my first interaction to finding out that so many adults do cocaine it's so normal and it, it still is but especially in the service industry so many managers higher-ups do coke on the regular and I mean there's worse drugs to be doing but so I was literally oh my god so we didn't know what to do and we thought he overdosed because he wouldn't respond we were banging on the car window and he's yeah. one of the keys we're not we're yeah. also we can't open this place without him so we called the police and they basically were threatening to arrest him and it was a whole thing he was fine he just passed out for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know if he was doing other drugs or anything else, too. And they're threatening to arrest him. And he was, I have to go in and do my job and this and that. And me and the cook are just standing there. Like, what the hell? I'm. Then I
1: would be afraid that he was going to I was fire af- me.
0: Right. But we literally thought he was dead. Yeah. It wasn't. We were trying to get him in trouble. We didn't know the guy. We met you the night before. You gave us some powdery ass high fives that we didn't connect the dots with. Right. And then this happens, and we were just, oh, my God. Luckily, the police just kind of let it slide. I don't really know how. I wasn't really paying attention to that conversation. I'm sure they had bigger fish to fry kind of thing. And then we had to go in and work a shift with this man. (laughs) And we were just profusely apologizing. We we thought you were dead. We don't know you, man. We don't know you. We just met you the night before. You weren't responding. We were banging on your freaking windows, and I'll never forget. It was this little Subaru Forester, a really old one. Oh my god. And this guy's a big guy, so he t- takes up so much of the car. So how can you he not hear us just pounding on the windows? Oh my god, it was just insane. And then he only I would lasted.
1: Be like, freaked out.
0: Yeah, I was scared. I was oh my god. He only lasted a couple weeks. I only stayed at that job until i was 18 because then i wanted to go somewhere where i could serve alcohol anyway so i mean i stayed i kept one day a week i think there for a little bit into my 18th year but it was just wild and it was my first introduction of real life service industry how many people do drugs (laughs) not just drinking and smoking weed you know everyone does that especially in the service industry if people were drug tested for shit that in the service industry you'd have no servers no bartenders no management, nothing.
1: That makes me think because literally I'm okay. You know how many people I'm how are people skinny working at all these places? And then I'm, It's because <laughs> they don't eat and they, just, oh. Oh. <laughs> and they just
0: they don't eat, they just smoke and do Coke and yeah. drink and it's wild.
1: Yeah. Their bodies are and that's where some of the girls who are so skinny and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I mean the meth from your story was not what i was expecting and <laughs> i've and i don't think i've experienced that i mean i've seen and i know a lot of industry people who you know do harder drugs but especially not while they're working and it's more hallucinogenic they want to go on shrooms have a girls trip and go in shrooms or something that nothing crazy i don't think i've ever met anyone who's that i know of that's ever smoked meth personally that and
1: that was... especially
0: recreationally because it's it's kind of mind blowing to me that they are able to do that and like, still keep jobs because it's always this this drug that's explained to be just so all-consuming i'm surprised that they well there was one girl i'm
1: pretty sure who shot it up because <clears throat> after a while i started to realize she always had bruises on the inside of her arm oh my god there crazy. was two girls and then i was oh and then one of them got pregnant oh god and then i remember that being a whole thing because then i'm like, probably by
0: one of the cooks i was 30 something
1: yeah mm, that doesn't sound good yeah And then I remember it being a whole thing. And then after I got kicked out, of course, I'm not going to still keep working at a place that they're within those inner circle type things. And then I started working other waitressing jobs Mm -hmm. and I never experienced that again. But that's also because I wasn't working waitressing jobs at more affluent places.
0: Right. I think a lot that had to do with that was the amount of the names that, you know, the people who had ownership or whatever... Being, when you're at that level of, you know, fame and wealth, anything is accessible. Normal rich kids are not going to just go do math for fun. But when you have fuck you money, you don't even know what else to do with your time. Yeah. Which is so insane to me because no matter how much money I ever have or I could hope of having, I would still never do something that,
1: especially recreationally, it's really sad. I think, honestly, I don't know. I think people at that level are so disconnected mm-hmm. like they're in a with, total different world with each other yeah and it's all about status and what you have to show for it and I'm not shaming wealth in any way like oh I, absolutely not I have always affirmed I will be a millionaire by 30 I'm still not 30 I still got some years you got to go. some time you got <laughs> you got a
0: little bit of time girl <laughs> like
1: so I'm not even saying it in that type of way. I think it's just... It's a different culture. It's its so different right. compared to when, you know, middle or high class people are, you know, hanging out together. It's barbecues and things that. Different. Like, it's so different think about i always compare and
0: again you said we're not lumping all wealthy people or anything together but it's when perfect example i think of this of the disconnect is when covid hit and all these celebrities are sharing these videos about how depressed they are how much anxiety they have how we have to just stick together this and that while they're in their multi-million dollar mansions and could they could all retire at that point this isn't going to affect them financially it did for so many people That is so, it's so disconnecting. It's just, it's a total different reality to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're never going to have the same worries again as so many other, most of the population.
1: Of the world. Literally. Of the world. Of the entire world, world. not
0: just the United States, the entire world. They're in a different position. They don't have, they're never going to have stressors that, and they're just, they don't understand things. They have people who get their groceries for them. They have assistants and... Yeah. Enough money to retire whenever the hell they want. So. Yeah. They're just, they have no real sense of reality because they don't live in the real world. They really don't. They live in a very small, exclusive world.
1: That, yeah, that they don't do normal human things. I remember seeing a thing about Kylie Jenner talking about she doesn't remember the last time she grocery shopped, which I get. You probably have a lot of people who come up to you. Right. In that level of thing. But it's just like crazy that is to, crazy to think about that kind of stuff makes me a little
0: bit sad for those people that they can't experience even just everyday yeah things that because yeah. you just know you're gonna get recognized or you'd have to go out in a full disguise just yeah. to go grocery shopping yeah that's kind of crazy because yeah. there's obviously plenty of celebrities who are good people and have proven they're good people and don't fall in that realm of completely disassociated and have no idea what's going on and didn't they do an episode where they all I think it was the Kylie, Chloe. Yeah. They were just, just so they could go out in public without yeah. bodyguards and security. That's wild.
1: Yeah. That that's, is wild.
0: I would never wild. want to, to live that.
1: No. And that's where even for myself, I am. We're going to have another episode about talking about the Swifties. Yes. Stay I...
0: tuned for that.
1: I have never been obsessed enough with a celebrity to stalk or follow their everyday. I barely even follow celebrities on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think I follow one. Which one? Logic. (laughs) You love Logic. Oh my god, I love him. That's he, I feel, from his music, he's just so open about his life. Yeah, he's
0: very much self-made.
1: Open about his life. It's not even about being self-made. He just still... Is he's on Discord, he's like a yeah. gamer. Just so normal. Right. As to And showcases him. that. And also shares so much of his personal life on social right. media. Which is where we're gonna have this fight about
0: <laughs> We are we're gonna have a, a tussle. <laughs> a and, debate. A debate <laughs> And whichever episode ends up being, which is probably gonna be one of our next next few ones. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Swifty and Dominica is not a Swifty. No. And we're gonna you might fight. This could be the end of the podcast. I'm just <laughs> no. no. Are
1: we really gonna end it? That's how you know you're a real Swifty when you end a fight. I know,
0: right? Except stuff. I literally never would, but
1: o- over some hypothetical ass. Oh my person. god!
0: But it's it's so fun to pick your brain about it. Oh and my god! Pick absolutely. I'm, yeah. I
1: know. I was just saying that would be some real Swiftie. Shit. That would be that would
0: be something a real Swifty would do, and I'm the borderline.
1: You you know all of her songs.
0: Yes, I'm would a huge fan. But
1: would you really pay three thousand dollars? No. Even if you had the Buku Bucks.
0: Even if I was six feet tall and could see, because first of all, I would never pay for a ticket on the floor of that because I couldn't fucking see anything at five feet tall. Second of all, if I had that much money, absolutely not.
1: But I think it was $3,000 just for the stands. That's though, very
0: possible. I mean, I don't... We paid, I think, just under 200 for our tickets, which is crazy, but we were all the way at the top. But I thought I can see everything. Yeah. But I will never... I've gone to see almost every single artist I've ever wanted to really see. I've seen perform. I don't think I've ever spent more than maybe $500 on a ticket. Yeah. And that was high, high end. I think in high school when I had money saved and no bills, I think I paid for something to go see Justin Timberlake, but it was, cool. which was so sick. And we were yeah. really close in the venue that it was at. It was somewhere in Boston. I don't remember the venue. I wish I remembered exactly where it was. I could actually see, I remember, it was still seats. It wasn't, so I could still see it was a mosh pit kind of situation when you're on the ground and you're up close. And if you're not six feet tall, then you're not even going to see or experience anything. So it was a really fun show. But I didn't have any bills besides putting gas in my car. And so I was fine spending that money, but I probably wouldn't even do that now, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Okay, we went on a a really crazy tangents. tangents. So I think to round out the episode and make it whole on one subject yeah what do you aspire to be at this point forward
0: in your life what Ooh, do you want okay in your career we're both gonna have to ask questions because i want to know your answer too yeah so essentially now i feel like i'm in a very we're in a transformative age okay i'm 28 yeah. in my late 20s i've learned a lot i've worked in the service industry for years i was a paralegal and legal assistant for years now i and I've also been a makeup artist for about four or five years now, but never full-time. My dream and aspirations are essentially to be work careers where I can essentially be my own boss, whether it's being a makeup artist or I can make my own schedule. I'm interested in real estate. I love podcasting with you. I just want to be kind of an entrepreneur, a jack of whatever trades I have to do. That will essentially give me flexibility to be a working mom, but not be a working nine to five mom. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just don't want that for myself. Yeah. So I want the financial flexibility and financial freedom to go down these other career paths where I can make my own schedule. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, my dream is to be a celebrity makeup artist or doing for music videos in Nashville. That would be so fun. for actual country
1: music artists yeah that would be a really fun
0: yeah that would be my dream I guess but I'm always down to fall back on something else and I just can't wait to be a mom as well so
1: I know because you're okay do you think if you got married within the next year you would consider becoming a mom what's your? it depends
0: so and this could be a whole other episode but in the seven months that I've been in Asheville my life has changed I think so much in seven months compared to how it has in all of my 20s in wow. terms of opportunities i've gotten really pushing for what i wanted to do yeah i was always falling back on things that i know was safe and now i've really jumped into it yes i still bartend a few times a week to help pay my bills but i've never had as many opportunities as i've had right now so i think it would really depend career wise if i was really close to being able to set to reach that goal yeah i would probably wait a year or two just so that I could be fully established and feel secure in that before I risk not losing it. But, you know, obviously you never know how pregnancy is going to be. I could have a horrible pregnancy and not be able to work a lot. Yeah. I could be able to work up until I pop. So yeah, it's hard to tell how your body is going to react to something that. But if I am where I hope I am in a year, if I'm married and ready to have kids, I would love to have Oh my child. gosh,
1: that is so crazy! It is wild because <laughs> we're at the same age. I we think are I'm a few months older.
0: Yeah. I'm December, when's your birthday?
1: April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. So I'm 95ers. Yeah, I'm older, but then it's just so funny because but we've
0: lives. lived completely different lives yeah. up until now. Yeah. And then we met. I know. On, in such a crazy way, one of the first people I've ever met in Nashville. I
1: know.
0: And not even related to, even though we end up living in the same <laughs> building complex. Not even that. Anyway, that's a whole story. But yeah. Okay. What would, what would you be if you... I what's
1: would your dream for the next year? For the next year? Yeah. I would say for the next year, one, I'll be graduating next year with mm-hmm. like, my engineering degree. But that for me is my safety net that right. I could always fall back on. Mm-hmm. And I think even though some entrepreneurs would disagree and they would follow their dreams first... I feel in order for me to make the big leap, I'm such a planner that my big leap has to have a safety net.
0: Right. That's kind of how I was doing it, too. I can always be a paralegal if I need to, again, forever.
1: And I know that I could always jump into this space of tech and cybersecurity. My Mm -hmm. focus is in cybersecurity and as a security engineer. And so for me, this is a space that's going to continuously keep growing the Internet electronics technology is quadrupling so i know i can always come back to that but for me i feel i've finally registered my business as an llc and for me it's just exploring the things that make me happy and being able to work for myself uh come the next year and buy a home Um, but i think overall the goal i would love to be in a place where i'm just podcasting full time yeah and running my own company in a sense where I'm advising people business-wise and just kind of doing those types of things myself if I was to speak the raw honest truth and my deepest desire it would be to be a writer and write development books
0: yeah and who's to say you can't release one
1: I know. I have one that I've been really thinking about. I read the book Big Magic by Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Gilbert. so amazing. It's about a book about unlocking your creativity. And it just kind of happened to align with me that for the last, I want to say five years, five or six years now, after I went through a really tough relationship, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Bouncing back from breakups. I have had this book on my mind and... At first, I remember it was going to be all about her. I don't really think anybody's going to write this book other than me. Yeah. Even if they steal the name, I'll always come up with new name. So it was going to be called Her originally. And I started writing about it quite a bit. I actually, somebody who produces music took one of the things that I wrote and actually made it a song. That's pretty cool. I have to see if I can find it on iTunes Yeah, I'd love to know. It was just something that I wrote, whatever. I feel like I've always been a writer my whole life and then I had something traumatic happen to me about somebody finding my diary when I was a kid and oh like no. the and worst,
0: like, earth shattering, especially at that age. Well
1: traumatic. like I sure. went through a lot and this was one of my like harder homes to live yeah. in. And they tried to use what I convulged into my diary like, mm. against me especially as a kid who was growing up without her mom or anything it was really I think hard a girl without her mom or parents or anything anyway and so I feel I've always been a writer at the core I love reading books and so for me the book that I've really thought about I love to have courses and different stuff like that I am a certified life coach type thing I've done all of that I've just had so many life experiences but my book that I would love to raise called unbecoming okay and it's Mainly geared toward women it's unbecoming kind of all of the things that society or parents
0: pushes just, women to be,
1: you know, school, religion, our partners. We become somebody totally different mm-hmm. than the person we know at the core right. of ourselves. And it's kind of my guide to in the last two years, I've become the me that when I was writing in diaries, that's who yeah. I was at my core. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. That's the
0: biggest full circle moment you could ever have.
1: Yeah. And for me, that's why I say it's my deep, deep desire because I constantly find myself daydreaming, looking at my book in Times Square, being a New York Times I love
0: seller. that. It's funny that, I don't know if funny is the right word, but we both essentially just want to do what makes us happy and yeah. what fulfills us and following yeah. our dreams. And it's cool because we're trying to live that, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully we both make it. And it's also just like fun and inspiring, hopefully, to other people. Yeah. Because, you know, I've never been happier. I've, I'm struggling in other ways. But I've never, you know what I mean? But yeah. I've never been happier and felt more secure in what I'm doing, even though I haven't fully achieved things. Yeah. I've never felt I've been on the right path until now.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. This is the first time in my life I'm not working a job. And for nine months, I'm literally focusing on my dreams and my aspirations. And it feels the craziest full circle moment But I'm so glad we did this episode to kind of like talk about ourselves. Yeah. I think it got a
0: little deeper than we thought, (laughs) but I'm I'm still happy that we did it. And I think it's awesome to talk about it. And I feel like we probably said a lot of things that a lot of women and people boys women whoever our age are thinking about you yeah, know what I mean and here we are living through it
1: yeah I think it it gives you that full circle because right now we're literally sitting in my a podcast studio that I right? literally dreamed of and I mean of course we're always going to get to next levels and do next things but this is something I don't think I have ever imagined and then this room just brings me so much joy the color the fun
0: yeah it's your little happy space yeah it's a workspace but it's a happy space it's a dream space yeah yeah
1: and just seeing how a year from now I can have a home in this space something totally different I think I just hope if somebody's listening that's 18 19 or in their early 20s i had no fucking clue what i was doing no but i always was just following my gut
0: right which is so important
1: yeah and i think that's i think maybe one lesson we can yeah
0: always follow your gut
1: if it's about your career and you don't feel good of course be smart about it don't get yourself homeless but if you're passionate about makeup or writing just take that first step yeah get Get curious.
0: Yeah. Follow your dreams, at least for a certain part of your life. I think everyone should dedicate, especially when it comes to career. Everyone would want, wants to be able to get paid to do what they love, whatever that could be. Yes, It's a total different kind of fulfillment feeling. And it's one of the best feelings I think that you can have, even though I'm not fully there. My dad loves what he does and he's always felt fulfilled and he's never truly worked a day in his life, which I know that's a, I call BS a little bit because that man works every single second of every day. But that's the biggest thing that I've learned throughout all my jobs, all my careers, that these past few months and me really pushing for my dreams and wanting to do what I love to pay my bills, I've never felt more fulfilled, even though I haven't reached that goal yet. And it motivates me in another, in a complete way that I would never know. And if it doesn't work, at least I tried. You're never going to have that what if, Yeah. you know? Yeah. At least you've tried and
1: cuz sometimes those things don't even turn out
0: the right. way you want them or it's going to gonna bring you to a different path
1: yeah the path that you are meant to that be you are
0: meant to be on absolutely but i
1: think we're always meant to get there it's just how we get there is
0: it's different for everyone different everyone's timing is unique
1: yeah so yeah i w- i would also say that too to close out this episode is that your timing especially because we have two totally different stories mm-hmm. your timing and somebody else's timing on social media right now is do not compare oh do absolutely not, not compare because if you're going to look at these 19 year olds to 25 year olds especially for us in older millennials yeah. i didn't have access to youtube that right and,
0: social media has changed yeah the game for so many people
1: there's people our age who have been on youtube since they were 16 but i barely even had the home to live in right hot water and heat youtube was not accessible to me until right well after i was in the military Mm -hmm. buying my first computer or buying my first tv so when i get sad thinking oh my god i wish i did that thing during high school I didn't. Eat, I like barely had food to eat. Right. Most of the time. Right. So their timeline is going to be different than mine, and I still have the capability to.
0: Right, and they're going to have different yeah. obstacles and things that they're going to have to work through when as they get older and move through their twenties too. Yeah. We've just it could be backwards for yeah. us versus them, but we yeah. all are going to be learning such similar lessons throughout our twenties. It's just going to be different times through different experiences through different jobs. Yeah. Different careers, different dreams, whatever it's going to yeah. be which is unique to everybody.
1: Yeah. I love that. Oh, well, this is such a great conversation and I'm glad we dove into today and I, know, I hope me you too. guys enjoyed. So, we release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. If you have any
0: fun or crazy stories you want to submit to us, always have our email linked yes definitely check that out send us any topics you want us to cover if you have a crazy job story let us know oh my
1: god we'd love to read those we
0: could definitely do a follow-up to any episode we do really yeah if y'all have crazier job stories than us let us know oh
1: my gosh i would love to read those live oh hell yeah love and if you want to send it we'll leave the link in the show notes but it's hello at rip to my 20s and that's two zero with an s dot com hello at rip to my my20s.com so if you're driving just make sure you check out the show notes afterwards if you're not and you want to click on that and send us an email we will love to read it it's obviously completely anonymous and if you don't want to be anonymous go ahead we will
0: whatever however (laughs) you want to do it is how we will do it
1: yeah and we will see you guys in the next episode thank
0: you so much for tuning in looking forward to hearing from y'all
1: bye bye